Do you believe that if a patient is worried that they are developing Alzheimer's that it can't be dementia? What do you do when a high-functioning patient complains of being unable to remember names, say, me too? Perhaps we all have a thing or two to learn about working up forgetfulness. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Katherine Jacobson-Raymond. Ms. Raymond is an investigative journalist who writes for many national publications, including the New York Times Magazine. She is a fellow of the McDowell Colony and a member of the National Association of Science Writers. Her current book is called Carved in Sand, When Attention Fails and Memory Fades in Midlife. Welcome to ReachMD. Thank you very much for having me. Catherine, you went through an exhaustive search to try to pin down the causes for your own forgetfulness. Let's talk about the interventions that you listed in your book, Carved in Sand. Number one is a thorough assessment. What did you find here? Well, you know, I was very lucky in that I was able to go to UCLA and to have a complete evaluation. And at the time, I was just stunned and surprised that this was possible. But what I realized um, over the years of research is that university research centers all over the country and also outside of the country, are always looking for participants in various types of clinical trials. And if you are willing to be part of it, you can get that entire assessment, including an MRI, a PET scan, a lot of blood work, a brief neuropsychological evaluation. You can get all of those basically included in the package of being one of their volunteers. So when I went through that, I learned a number of things. I had two PET scans, which uh, they were joking that I was going to set off all of the detectors at the (laughs) airport. (laughs) And I actually, after the second PET scan, had to take a letter with me just in case. But I had two PET scans some months apart, and I had an MRI, and I had all my blood work, and everything was beautiful and normal, and that was just wonderful. I also had a neuropsych evaluation, which was brief, and at the end, I was told that it was normal. And I said, well, that's great. Can I see it? Which is one reason you never want to have a journalist around because they tend to say things like, well, that's great. Can I see it? And when I got it, I looked it over carefully and I saw something that alarmed me. What I saw is that I was in the very, very high superior range in a number of areas and I was in a very, very low dysfunctional range in a number of others. And I said to the scientist in charge, a wonderful and very brilliant man, Dr. Gary Small at UCLA, I said to him, how can you say this is normal? And he said, well, for our purposes, what we want to do is average you out and make sure that you're suitable for the study. And when we do that, it is, it's perfectly normal. And I said, but it's not normal. How can that be normal for me to be so superior in some areas and so low in others? And he said, well, to tell you the truth, if I were you, I'd get it checked out. Well, I felt like I should go to the mechanic at this right, point. You know? right. So as a coincidence at that very time, I went to a dinner party, sat next to a psychiatrist who said, you know, I have a friend who's doing evaluations of very high-performing individuals and uh, I think he might be interested in talking to you. And that's how Jonathan Kanick came into my life. He's a neuropsychologist in San Francisco. 
And he conducted a seven-hour battery, the full battery, left nothing out. I think he put a few things in that were just meant to torture me to death. (laughs) Uh, And when we came out, when I finished, I could see that there were some substantial deficits that I was compensating for very, very well by using my strength. But the deficits were there, and they were visual-spatial deficits, they were working memory deficits, they were executive function deficits, and they were very, very obvious. And his hypothesis was that, after talking to me for a very long time, that I had experienced a series of mild traumatic head injuries, which I, in fact, had, and I just hadn't acknowledged it. Because to me, uh, traumatic brain injury meant you were out cold, unconscious somewhere. I learned subsequently, of course, that that's not the case. You can have a mild traumatic brain injury and be perfectly conscious. And, of course, the real danger is not one, but the repetitive ones, which I managed to have. And we don't need to go into it here, but if you want to know the details of that, you could find them in the book. So what I learned from that study at UCLA was, well, you're perfectly normal in terms of our study, but you might want to look at this a little more closely. And I was really, really glad I did because it led me down the path to some other methods, some other interventions, other ways of dealing with some weaknesses that were very obvious and that I had to acknowledge. So a full neuropsychiatric or neuropsychologic battery might be in order for some of our patients. For some of your patients, yes. I think it's worth understanding. Here's a common mistake that primary care practitioners make. patient comes in and says, Doc, I'm having some memory problems. Uh, Doc remembers vaguely that under those circumstances, you should administer the MMSE, which the doctor then administers and the patient comes up perfect. Most patients will come up perfect. That is only a useful tool when dementia is already in the house, when it's already happening. The MMSE is not a good diagnostic tool for people who pretty much are still functional. And so it's important to know that your results in the MMSE is quite meaningless. It's really quite meaningless. For instance, I very rarely remember what floor of a building I'm on, and that's one of the questions, you know. And so I could lose out on one of those, and it's not a cognitive problem. It's simply that I don't pay any attention to which button I hit in the elevator, You know, I could be too busy thinking about what questions I'm going to ask the doctor, for instance. Right. Let me remind people that MMSE is a mini mental status exam, if you don't know the acronym. So it's too gross of a test for people that are functioning. It's way too gross of a test. Now, here's what I suggest, is that online now, there are numbers of measures that will give you a good cognitive baseline. And I would say that within the next two, three years, Having that cognitive baseline done maybe at 40 and then again at 45 and 50 will become part of your typical exam. And it makes perfect sense because otherwise you are left in a position where you are constantly comparing me to you as opposed to me to me. And comparing me to me is where we're really focusing here because that's the only way to see if anything's changing for me. You know, there are ways that psychologists who give these tests are able to sort of do a best guesstimate about where you once were or should have been based on education and socioeconomic level and other things. But I think it's really inexact, and it's much less exact than having the baseline. 
and saying me to me. Now, patients can get a baseline quite easily. You don't have to really pay anyone for it, in fact. You can go to a site called My Brain Trainer, and this is not the only one, just happens to be one that I like, and for nine ninety five for three months, you can get on and do, they have, it's like circuit training for the brain. So you go through many different types of exercise that test different aspects of cognition. Not on a really sophisticated level, but that's okay because what you're looking for here is a baseline. And once you know that your scores are typically in the, you know, 60-point range or the 80-point range or whatever, if you come back six months later and now they're in the 30-point range, I think that'd be a very good reason to be concerned. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Katherine Jacobson-Raymond. We are discussing possible interventions for forgetfulness. My brain trainer, since I read your book, Catherine, I've been doing it every day, and it really is pretty amazing. It's pretty fun, isn't it? It's fun, and it's shocking how badly (laughs) that you can do on some of the tests. But yeah, I've been recommending it to my patients as well, and it's certainly a cheap way to, to at least get them thinking about this. Well, what's really wonderful, I think, about it is the guy who designed it, in fact, showed up at my reading in Los Angeles. And of course, you know, everyone knows who I am, but I don't know who anyone is, and and he came up after the reading and introduced himself to me. And he's a numbers guy. He's a competitive statistician. <laughs> and so what he loves is, you know, racking up numbers. So when you do my brain trainer, you can compete against yourself if you like. Or you can compete against others in your profession or others of your age and profession or others of your age or others that are blonde. I mean, <laughs> it, it really breaks down to that level, you know, and I think people have lots of fun with it. And I think that's, you know, a very important part of any kinds of brain exercises. Is they better be entertaining because we're not exactly long on spare time here. So Absolutely. Now, what about dietary supplements? Do the experts come to any agreement on this? No, I can't say that the experts ever going to come to any agreement on anything. <laughs> but, True. But really what I learned is that there's some basic agreement on what you should be doing. And one of the things is that you want to get a really good multivitamin and take that every day. You know, don't skip days. Don't think, oh, I took it three times this week and that's probably good enough. Just take the darn thing. And it should contain 400 milligrams of folic acid. And that is how you can tell if a multivitamin is a quality multivitamin because folic acid isn't cheap. So if you have a lousy discount multivitamin, you probably won't see the 400 milligrams of folic acid. And then supplementary to that, there seems to be no question that the omega-3 fatty acids, the DHA, are very, very valuable. And we can get some of that by eating cold water fish. But I don't think there's an American alive at this point who doesn't realize that there's mercury in those fish and that there's fewer and fewer of those fish. And I'm not sure that we can rely in the long term on eating salmon to get this. And we'd have to eat too much salmon and the mercury content would be too high in order to achieve what we need to achieve. So you're looking for about 1,000 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids. And you can get those by taking the fish oil capsules. Now, these come from really small fish like sardines. And it seems to be very, very effective. It helps keep the neural membrane flexible, which definitely improves synaptic transmission a great deal and 
I like to give this example. I, I do a lot of speaking all over the country. I like to give this example. Take a look at the back of your hand, okay? It is not quite as sleek and plumped up and pretty as it was when you were 20. That's for sure, right? There's been changes in the cells. They're looking a little wizened and a little dried out and not quite what they used to be. And the same thing is going on in your brain. And omega-3 fatty acids help that. They really improve that situation. Well, thank you so much for sharing your ideas with us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. We've been speaking with Katherine Jacobson-Raymond and talking about her book, Carved in Sand. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at reachmd.com. If you register with the promo code RADIO, you'll receive six months of free streaming for your home or office. If you have comments or suggestions or questions, give us a ring at 888-MD-XM-157. Thank you for listening. 